Hey y'all, thank you guys so, so, so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Worlds of Country podcast. I'm your host, Andrew. On today's episode, I'm joined by Troubadour Blue to talk all about their brand new single, Out of Love, and so much more, including their upcoming new album. This was a really fun conversation. I hope you guys enjoy this one. I know I really did. Talk to you guys on the other side. Hey, how are you guys today? Doing well. Doing great. great. Um, thank you guys so much for taking the time for this. Um, what have you all been up to lately? Well, we've been out on the road with the steel drivers, playing playing some shows, making music, um, staying busy, writing songs. Yeah. Right, Daniel? Yeah, a lot of writing. We're um, we're getting ready to get back into the studio in the beginning of December to work on our second record. Is our first record's almost done being released, so we've been writing for that, and it's uh. It's just been a pretty busy back half of the year for us. Yeah. So what is sort of the the Troubadour Blue origin story here? Oh, it's a good one. Daniel, you want me to do it or you want to do it? (laughs) You do it. You do it. So Troubadour Blue was kind of an idea, I guess, four years ago. Daniel and I were both doing the Sideman thing. And... um, we went to our mentor, Tammy Rogers King, who was at Belmont. She was in charge of the Bluegrass Ensemble, where we both went to school. And we were both like, hey, Tammy, we're kind of like wanting to do something that would be a little more musically fulfilling for us, just like creatively. Um, we wanted to be in charge of the ideas. And she was like, well, Brenna, maybe you should talk to Daniel. And she said the same thing to Daniel. So Daniel and I, you know, we were like, hey, what's up? You want to you wanna hang out, like write a song or something? So that was like four, four-ish years ago, I would say. Mm-hmm. So we started doing that and then we were like, you know what? Let's, let's form a band. Um, so that's, that's the beginning of it all. And then COVID happened. So it kind of delayed us actually releasing music, uh, which was a bummer for a lot of people. Um, so... Yeah, four years ago, the idea was born. We started writing songs. COVID happened. We kept writing songs. Um, and now we're we're rocking and rolling and releasing music slowly but surely. So where where did the name come from? That's a that's a great question. Daniel, you go for that one. <laughs> it's a mystery. We can't tell you. <laughs> no. Top secret. <laughs> Stop Not secret. So when well, when did go, no, go for it go for it go for it? I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it was just kind of uh, uh storyboarding names and and bouncing everything off each other. And I think at one point we talked about the Blue Troubadours because you know a troubadour is a traveling musician and songwriter. And uh, I remember us in the group chat seeing the Blue Troubadours, and no one said anything when it, when that got sent into the group. And I personally was like. That sounds like a high school team. <laughs> um, but I was like, if you flip it, that's It'll work. <laughs> weird. I don't know what it means, but I like it. And so yeah, there we landed. It literally formed in a group chat. It was kind of like, guys, we have to have a name. Mm-hmm. This this band has to have a name. So that's that's where it officially came from. But also like, you know, Troubadour is a traveling storyteller. We were like, that's our goal. And then mm-hmm. we also sing some blue songs, like sad songs, you know. So that's our like official story, but you know. 
So what was what was the worst name idea that that got tossed around? Oh gosh, I wish I had screenshots of it. Honestly, I mean it's probably there if you go back far enough. <laughs> I I truly don't remember. Like it was just like no no no. Um, I don't think any of them were atrocious. It was just like that doesn't feel right. Yeah. So when did each of you like individually know that music was going to be the path forward for you guys? Who wants to go first? You like go, go first. first. Yeah, I'll go first. I um. So I, Brent and I are obviously we're related. Um, and we both grew up just outside of Nashville. So, um. Music was introduced to us at a very early age through our parents put us in violin lessons when we were very young. Brenna and my older, older sister um, stuck with it and played violin all the way through. And I was like, I hate this. So I switched to guitar um, pretty early on. I made a deal with my parents. I was like, if I get here, I'm switching to guitar. And then I started taking guitar lessons and played music all through high school and started writing songs. But then came to time to decide where to go to college. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to go to Belmont. I don't want to pursue music. Went to a school in North Carolina, ended up pursuing music there and finding out that I I really loved it. Um, So then that's how I, it was my senior year when Brenda and Daniel contacted me um, and were like, Hey, would you like to join? We had written together one time and they were like, would you like to join this band? Um, (laughs) And I was like, well, I got nothing else going on. So I, I think I, I hung up the phone. I was like, let me think about it. Um, and then I didn't really have to think about it that much and uh, joined the band. So that's sort of my trajectory and how I decided to start pursuing music. So. Brenna, you go. Um, mine is similar to Eli's because we are related. So grew up in Nashville, was three when my parents put me in violin lessons. Let's be clear. I hated it because what three-year-old wants to practice? Um But how Suzuki works is like you practice with your parents. They come to the lessons. So they were holding me accountable and making sure I practiced. There was no getting out of it. (laughs) There was no getting out. I tried. I tried many ways. Um, I was not as smart as Eli to come up with like a a bargaining system of like, hey, can I try a different instrument? I just I didn't think that was a possibility. Um, So when I was like 11 or 12, my parents sent me and my sister to a fiddle camp. Um, and suddenly I was like, wait a second, this is fun because we were growing up playing classical music, um, which just is, let's be clear. It's a great basis. It's not as much fun as fiddle music. (laughs) Um, so I started playing fiddle and I was like, okay, wait, this is really fun. And, um, so we started doubling up lessons and then we introduced guitar lessons and we introduced voice lessons and piano lessons. And I was like, oh, okay. I, I love music. Um, and then it came to the point in my life where my parents were like, you are going to college. And I said, okay. Right. They're like, we don't care what you go for, but you are going. Um, so we started touring uh, schools that have music programs and Belmont was the one that stuck out to me the most. And um, I'm very grateful for that. And that's where I met Daniel and the the rest is history. So it was just kind of like, I didn't know anything else but music. And then I realized that I wasn't half bad at it. And I was like, well, this would be a fun, I think this would be a great career option. There, there's worse things to be doing. There are worse things. There are worse things. So that's kind of, that's how I got into it. Um, my short version of it is I started playing the piano about the same age that they started playing the fiddle. 
violent, whatever. Um, very young, and my mom, my mom is my piano teacher. And as anyone that learned an instrument with their parent as their teacher, you will quickly learn that it's terrible. Um, <laughs> so I grew up in Long in Southern California in Lakewood, actually by Long Beach, uh, which is by Los Angeles. Um, and in like third or fourth grade, they introduced string orchestra as a as a program in public schools there. And so I had made a deal similar to Eli. I'd made a deal with my parents in that um, if I learned an instrument in the orchestra, I could quit piano. And so I played the cello in orchestra and I did that all through high school um, in string orchestra and symphony orchestra. And then halfway through fifth grade, we moved to Texas and um, I was kind of having a hard time making friends. I'm the oldest. We'd moved going into middle school and it was kind of like a, crazy upheaval of my life and around the same time um guitar hero had been like the big thing in the world and um i i had made some buddies and i we were just playing guitar hero all the time and my dad basically was like instead of doing something that's melting your brain why don't you learn how to play the actual guitar it's not as and um it's not well it it has its moments i think sometimes on stage it's just as fun but other times guitar hero at home is pretty great Um, it's pretty fun (laughs) especially the do you remember if you play guitar hero for too long you'd like be playing it and then you stop playing and your vision was still kind of doing this from watching the screen too long it was great i think that was probably my first contact high um uh and so yeah i started playing the guitar in early middle school and started playing in rock bands and and really fell in love with that right songs and then came time for college i moved to nashville and um yeah, as a little kid, I wanted to be a doctor, and then I found out how long I had to go to school for that. So I went from, like, a really high earning potential to being a songwriter. <laughs> to a really low. Yeah. <laughs> the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> Just a really volatile earning potential. Oh, man, you know? that's funny. Yeah. So what would y'all say has been the biggest challenge that you've faced as a as a band so far? Okay, great question. Um me personally, I would say patience, not uh, with with people, because this is very much just like any business, a people business. You gotta yeah. you gotta deal with people. So for me, certainly patience, and we have definitely learned how to communicate well um, out of necessity. Yeah. Those have been big challenges for sure. Just like I'm sure anybody experiences, but you know there are three of us. So we got to go through three people and then go to the outside world. So that's just my answer. Eli, do you have anything? Yeah, I think I I would echo what Brenna said. I think being patient, um, we've, we've had to learn that um, things happen in their own timing and we can't, especially with music, like we can create, our um our babies our songs and and release them but uh it, it once you let them go they're kind of in the hands of the audience and uh we've spent a lot of time creating them and we care a lot about them but that's you kind of have to that's a tough part about music is once you release it it's not yours anymore it's everybody's yeah. so um that is kind of a it's like jumping off a cliff every time you put a song out um and it's pretty, it's a vulnerable thing, but I think it's, it's great to do it with 
be in a band and all three of us are being vulnerable at the same time it's nice to have buddies <laughs> you're not in it alone <laughs> we're not yeah, alone yeah. <laughs> which so. is like that's actually that's very true Hila. yeah <clears throat> i think i think the biggest thing that we've learned and been able to grow in is more than just communication it's it's knowing how to be honest with each other whether it's in the creative process as far as writing goes or producing records or touring together or bringing on you know outside teams as far as distribution or label or publishers that we're working with or talking to and really being able to look at each other when it's just the three of us and being like I don't like this or I do like this or whatever because you know what can tend to happen in things is if you don't want to address it you can be like no it's fine it's fine and you kind of push it along down the road until it hits a point where you're like no I absolutely don't like this and then everyone's like why, why didn't, didn't you why say, didn't you say this before yeah. yeah you know and so it's like I, I I'm really proud of the way that we communicate with each other and are able to be honest and assertive but like not rude you know obviously they're siblings they could kill each other if they wanted to but everyone is able to communicate things pretty effectively so that you know we run i think is a pretty well-oiled machine 99 percent of the time the one percent of the time we don't talk about <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you made it sound like we're legally allowed to kill each other as siblings <laughs> which I missed that, but it's good to know. <laughs> Big if true. I didn't know that was a possibility, but <laughs> well, my understanding is that that's just the Tennessee statute. Okay, so, fair enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. Eli and I will be meeting at the playground after this interview to beat each With, other. Yeah, up. to duel. Well, and sorry, this is this is an aside that will take thirty seconds. In Texas, there's a law called mutual combat. Have you heard of this? Yes. So, <laughs> okay, okay. So basically, like. Eli, let's say you and me were having a disagreement and it was like getting really bad. We could look at each other and be like, you know, you know, like, do you want to go outside? That kind of thing. You can be like, do you want to go outside and handle this? And we can like verbally agree to mutual combat and beat the shit out of each other. And it's legal as oh. long as you both agree and there's like a witness. But it's allowed. Like no one can press charges. This is why I don't live in Texas. Good to know. Do you have to <laughs> verbally agree or could you just like nod at each other? <laughs> Like, I think I think if you think of the legal ramifications, you probably need to verbally agree. Gosh, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, it's like, wait, was that a nod? Nod? Like, right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, mutual combat. If I mean, it probably exists in Tennessee, but it for sure exists in Texas. There you go. That was a All great right. tidbit, Daniel. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. So y'all also have a, a new song coming out on Friday, "Out of Love." Could you tell us the story behind that song and how it came together we do it's it's my wedding song it wasn't my wedding song it is my wedding song um i i had had the idea for maybe the better part of a month or so a little longer um and i'd written a lot of the first verse and bits parts of the chorus and you know every songwriter wants to write their wedding song not every songwriter should write their wedding song and i was terrified of writing like this terrible crappy cheesy song so i basically like sketched out as much as the of the idea as i could and then i brought it to 
um, Brenna and then my friends, Will Stone and Natasha Myers, who coincidentally were the best man and maid of honor in my wedding. Um, and we sat together and then proceeded to take like five hours to write. We took a, we took a long time. Cause it was like, we can't mess yeah. this up. Yeah. 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 It was like to write the second verse of the bridge. Like it, <laughs> I felt, so. I think everyone did. Cause I was kind of stressed, but I felt so much pressure to just not screw up what I felt was good. Um, but yeah, it's, it's my wedding song and, and I'm super excited that uh, we picked it as one of the ones to put out as a single in front of the record and yeah did you did you keep it on a secret from Callie before the wedding or she heard it before I think she heard it I think we played it out yeah at shows (laughs) well I think we played it I I know that she had heard it I think I had played it at a round or something because then oh yeah we played it on the wedding day. Callie and I had two weddings because COVID. So the backyard wedding was the first one. And we played it on that day. And then like the week after that, we were out on the road. But I can honestly with COVID, not, not like a COVID brand thing, but because part of my life was deleted from my memory. I can't remember. Nothing yeah. matters. <laughs> not, nothing matters back then. <laughs> It is it is fun to play it on the road because Callie is our tour manager and she um, keeps us all in line and then sells merchandise at the shows. So, you know, we give her a little shout out, which people love the fact that they're like, oh, my gosh, this is his wife. This is the this is the girl that the song is about. People love it. And so it's it's just a fun moment in the set to be like, hey, guys, this is Daniel's wedding song, and you hear the collective, oh, and then we're like, and his wife is here with us. So it's it's sweet and fun, and a lot of people have come up to us and said, hey, can we uh, maybe, like, use that for our wedding? And we're like, yeah, of course. I mean, ask Daniel first, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, they can have it. <laughs> please, please use it. Mm-hmm. What was the, the process like of putting together the songs for this record that you guys have coming out man it was a it was a long and winding ordeal honestly because covid was in there and um when we started the band eli wasn't initially in it and then probably a year into it we were like hey you want in we kind of want the the you know to fill out the sound the three-part harmonies and um so we had to then incorporate eli into some of the songs we had already written And so some of them we were like, nope, those don't work anymore. And then we started writing with Eli. Um, So it it truly, it was a a very interesting process, I would say. Wouldn't you agree, Daniel, Eli? Yeah, I think think it's, sorry, Eli, real quick. It's, I think it's a great snapshot of um, us as a band learning how to write together and and as a unit and with a purpose, you know, obviously they're from here i've been in nashville for 10 years like working as a as a songwriter and so you know us learning how to work together and what we wanted to sound like and what the focus was like i feel like as you kind of go through the record you see these moments like out of love and hush that you're like 
we we you you can kind of see as a band we like really started clicking and I'm I'm really glad we captured that on our first record here. Yeah. And the song Hush that Daniel's talking about is not out, but it eventually will be. But it's how we close our shows and um it's it's just a classic murder song. So I don't know how we went from beautiful wedding song to murder song, but sure Circle enough, of life. It is. <laughs> Circle yeah. of life. Everybody gets there. We we all get there. Had a lot of murder talk today. <laughs> yeah, which is just kind of like par for the course with Troubadour Blue. <laughs> oh man, Eli, can you speak into it as you know, like the outsider coming in? Yeah, I came in, and then I we wrote better songs. I'm just kind of <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. No, no. Oh. <laughs> Gosh, that was oh. great. No, it's it is definitely it's a, it's a like some I think some records are a snapshot of a certain period of time. This one is a is a snapshot of a development, which is kind of which is kind of nice I think to have the beginnings. Uh, like one of the songs on the record is the first song us three wrote together. Um, it's called Shadow of a Doubt, and we wrote it before I was in the band. Um, just we just had a writing session us three. Um, and all the way up until I think Hush, the song that we were talking about, the murder song, is like maybe the last song that we wrote on the album. Mm-hmm. And we wrote that uh, a lot later. Um, like probably, two years later? Yeah. So it's, yeah, it is a, it's a wide um, range of songs. So there's a lot of variation. So it, it feels more like a mixtape, which we kind of like. Like there's just a little bit of different parts of our development. Um, and if you listen close enough, I think you can spot it, which is kind of a fun it's fun for this album. Uh, we, we, yeah, we're proud of it. So, I just want to do a little rapid fire with you guys before I let y'all go. If that's cool of with you guys. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm nervous. Most likely to mess up on stage. <laughs> Renna. Renna. No. Okay, guys, come on. Come <laughs> like on. Listen, <laughs> there was a show the other day where I think all three of us messed up and we just kind of look at each other and laugh. So, Right um, the question is most likely. Though, <laughs> doubling down. She has to defend herself. She, she plays this is the not most. fair. Yeah. I'm glad um, they have so much content. Dream venue to play. Mm. I mean, that we have played or that we want to play? That you want. I think Red Rocks for me. I would love to play Red Rocks. I'd like to play Carnegie Hall. Mm-hmm. The Forum in Los Angeles. It's where the Lakers used to play. That's my Most likely to split off and go solo. Hey, Daniel and Ela. <laughs> I feel like I'm done working with Brenna. <laughs> I think it's Brenna, Eli. Brenna, Eli does, Brenna does have the hardest shot because she would just be a solo yeah. violinist. <laughs> 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 Which I guess Paganini was like the first one, the last one who did that successfully. I can Female Paganini for sure. Yeah. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Pancakes, unless it's Waffle House waffles, because I love a waffle house. Okay. Great vote. Daniel? Pancakes. I said pancakes. Oh, sorry. I didn't hear you. <laughs> sorry, I said it at the same time as Brenna, like literally at the same time. <laughs> that was louder. Uh, would you rather have t- 20 toes or 20 fingers? 
Mm, uh, 20 fingies. Definitely. <laughs> They're a lot yeah. more useful than toes. Yeah. One player could be interesting as a violin player. It could be good. It could be bad. I don't know. It'd be some crazy chords, honestly. So I'm gonna go fingers. You can make a lot of lot of money as a as a street on street performer with twenty yeah. fingers. Yeah. I think I might go twenty toes. Think about like the stability you would have on your you body. Would never fall. Down. You can never pick anything up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think twenty toes is my vote. <laughs> if y'all could only listen to to one song for the rest of your life, what would it be? Hmm. Whoa. Um, okay, I've got one. Okay. Nick of Time by Bonnie Raitt. That is a great one. It's like the theme song to my life. So I could I could handle that being the only song that I ever listened to. Honestly, I would probably say Reminiscing by the Little River Band. That has just kind of been like this year's song for me. I don't know why. It's just fun. Daniel? Um, <laughs> I was thinking. I'm sorry, Brenna. Uh, slow dancing in a burning room, John Mayer. Solid. Mm. Well, thank you guys so much again for for taking the time for this. Thank you for having us. Of course, yes. of course. We'll you have a good one. We'll see you sometime. soon. <laughs> yeah. Have a good Bye. Thank you so much, Andrew. Of course. Bye. Hey, all Thank you guys so 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 much for tuning in once again. I hope you liked what you heard. If you liked what you heard from the podcast, be sure to go check us out on social media at worlds of country on all platforms and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening really really appreciate that if you liked what you heard from troubadour blue be sure to go check out their music wherever you listen to music go check them out on social media as well hope you guys liked what you heard talk to you guys next time